Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to my weekly From My Mama's Kitchen talk radio show. My guest for this morning is Danielle Gibbons. She has served as Mother Mary's channel since 1994. She assists people all over the world connect with mother's love and grace. Together, Danielle and Mother Mary inspire individuals to awaken and expand their consciousness. Daniel and I will be having an intimate conversation about her spiritual journey and her latest book, co-authored with the spiritual guidance of Mother Mary. The book title is Mother Mary's Pathway to Love. It is about building loving relationships with yourself that transform your life. Good morning, Daniel. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, Johnny. Thanks so much for having me this morning. Wonderful. It is a pleasure to have you on the air. With me, the book Mother Mary's Pathway to Love is a delightful read. The spiritual aspects of who we are is beautifully expressed by you. Congratulations on that. Thank you so much. It was, it's been a fantastic journey, really fantastic. Wonderful. Let us start by getting to know you a little better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. Okay, let's put this all in a nutshell. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I grew up, you know, fairly normal middle class in a lot of respects, uh, you know, and uh, in the Midwest and then eventually in the South. I ended up in Alabama growing up most of my life. But it's... Um, the darker aspects were my father's alcoholism and difficulty holding down jobs and finances. So the had a very tumultuous uh, home life, and that shaped me pretty deeply. And some scars that I didn't really even know were forming that I carried, you know, carried along that it added to my luggage that I drug around throughout my life, but. Another thing that was a problem for me, I was ADHD and a highly sensitive person. I don't know if you're familiar with that term, uh, mm-hmm. HS, uh, HSPs. And at that time, I'm 51 years old, and at that time, you know, really nobody knew what to do with either ADHD or highly sensitive person. And while, you know, my parents loved me and all that good stuff, they really didn't really know what to do with me. I was always told, you're too sensitive. You're, you know, it's always going to be a problem for you. Oh, Danielle, you know, you're so sensitive. Why are you so mm-hmm. sensitive? It was always, um, it was always t- put in a term that it was a negative, right? That this was something I, I needed to, to battle against and that I shouldn't be. And so at a very early age, I learned to cope with food, excess food, lots of sugar, and eventually in my teens that, you know, morphed into drugs and alcohol and oh, I was off I was off to the dark side and uh mm-hmm. and it was a long road back. It was a long, long road back. Fortunate enough that for whatever reason I chose in this life to to recover from my addictions and uh mm-hmm. and to do so uh through spirituality. Uh, through my awakening to my spirituality. And and very soon after that awakening, Mother Mary showed up in my life. And uh, I began channeling uh, many decades ago. And and, uh, it's been a journey of devotion and service ever since. And my own, uh, you know, facing myself, my shadow, uh, all the reasons that I overate, and starve mm-hmm. myself and turn to alcohol and drugs and, and it's been I wouldn't trade it you know that mm-hmm. saying uh, an unexamined life isn't worth living you know, mm-hmm. I, I know that's not true for everybody but that is for me that's just the way my soul decided this life was going to go and I've been living an examined life mm-hmm. ever since mm-hmm. and, and very grateful for it very grateful for it in reading your book, one of the pages that caught my attention 
the story, so to speak. The fact that there was a period of time when all of a sudden you lost all the the loved ones in your family, from your dad to your dog, all the same period of time. Yeah, yeah your grandmother yeah, and I, so forth. Yeah. It was a period of time where I could relate to that simply because when I got to the United States when I was 18 years old, my dad passed away a year later. And then all of a sudden, oh the gosh. dynamics changed. So I don't know whether we're saying that we're 18 years old, more mature at that time, or maybe 18, 19 years old, more mature this time in our life. I mean, in terms of generation, that is, the millennials right. versus right. us in our generation. In reading your book, I understand the process that goes through our mind. I mean, it's like, what happens here? Who are we? What's the purpose? What's happening here? I'm halfway yeah. around the world, and what's going on? So I can understand where you yeah. are going through in your process, so to speak. Well, I was actually 13 when all that, you know, happened. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. father died of lung cancer. So he became ill when I was much younger. My, so the, mm-hmm. the sort of series of things that happened, my parents divorced. Uh, my father became ill with lung cancer. And then my mother's, uh, who's now my stepfather, who's a wonderful man, mm-hmm. uh, but still at that time, <laughs> I was not sure. that sure. happy about him coming into the picture. Um, he moved in with us. My father died. My my stepfather and, and mother married. Uh, my grandmother died. My dog died. I mean, it was this about a year and a half of my life. And then on top of all that, I became a teenager with raging hormones mm-hmm. and, you know, all mm-hmm. of it. And so there was about a year and a half there where it was a huge amount of loss and change and um, and just everything turning upside down and I didn't know yeah. how to cope. I didn't yeah. have the skill set, you know, I just, mm-hmm. to, so I, I felt like there was all these holes in me and that's when I really started to turn to food in earnest because I had to mm-hmm. fill up those mm-hmm. holes yeah. and uh, yeah. we didn't, we didn't have a, and yet ironically at that time I was, I was a part of the church the Christian church, mm-hmm. Southern Baptist, I had been going to church with friends um, mm-hmm. because my family had no religious affiliation at all. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and yet that didn't do anything for me. That, didn't, that did not help me support my loss a, at all um, because mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. not taught in the church. I don't know if it makes sense, but they didn't seem to teach us how to how to utilize uh, Christ or a spirit like that or the Holy Spirit to fill up Mm -hmm. those holes that are left by the loss of loved ones. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so there was just these gaps inside that I was Mm -hmm. uh, desperate to fill. Very interesting. I could relate to that period in your life because we're talking about loneliness and being alone. That's one of the things that you talk about in that process of going through the the darkness of our own life. And we're not talking about some way off in a tangent here being Darth Vader or anything like that, but you know, no. there's a period of time where we have a lot of questions in our life, so to speak. Yeah. Yes. And, and trouble finding the answers, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So true. What is channeling? So channeling to me, it's a very broad term. Let me start with that. And I believe that everyone channels. And, you, you know, artists channel their art. Uh, poets channel their poetry. Uh, scientists channel their inspiration. You know, when you get that aha moment, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're channeling something, whether it comes from your own being, whether it comes from the collective consciousness, whether it comes from a particular uh, entity who might be on your spirit guide team, you know, we all channel. I simply do it in in a very formalized manner, and I earn my living from it. Uh, It's my vocation in life. It's my calling. Um, And so what... I do, and there are many different forms of channeling. You and I were talking about one mm-hmm. uh, before the show, and, and the, one of the most common forms is a medium. Uh, people are very familiar with that. Um, these are individuals who have the gift of being able to communicate with people who have passed over to the other side, people that have died. Um, and my form of channeling is that 
it's called a full body channel. And what I do is I get out of the way and I allow Mother Mary to use my body. So she fills my body, her spirit, her presence fills my body so that she can speak directly to people. Uh, She can work directly through my body with people. And it's very powerful because then we're, you know, we're very, in in our humanness, we, we like to see and hear and smell and touch. Our five senses are so important to us. So to be able, for, for people to be able to communicate with uh, a spirit of such uh, depth and magnitude as Mother Mary is. She's an aspect of Divine Mother. To mm-hmm. be able to communicate with her in body, it's, it's, uh, it's deeply moving for people. It gives them the opportunity to relate to her and her teachings in a way that they may not be able to if I were just sitting with my eyes closed and sort of getting messages from her and then relaying them uh, and that's another form of channeling. So that, um, but the fact that my eyes are open and she's talking and hugging people and interacting with them, and it's it's a very um, very powerful experience for a lot of people. Very interesting. One of the things that we're going to be doing on this show is towards the back end of the show, we're going to be having you to channel for me. Yes. I have one of the questions I'm going to be asking, and this is very interesting. And it's funny, when I first picked up your book, hold and behold, here I got to page 13, and it says, when am I going to meet my soulmate? (laughs) (laughs) And and really, the answer is simple, and I'm not going to read the rest of the stuff. But what's interesting about it is that some of my closest friends have been bugging me about going out and meeting people and so forth. And so, hey, this is Uh for all of you all out there. I'm going to be asking Mother Mary about that. (laughs) (laughs) Not trying to make fun out of it, but but I thought it was very interesting because I thought the the explanation, the way you did in the book was very interesting. And what I like about the book, which is really wonderful, is that you have the lacing of what you have written about your own personal experiences and the messages that Mother Mary wants you to get out to the public. And obviously, yeah. I also love the fact that you have in sections of the book, well, depending on the chapters, you have a short meditation, which is very simple and easy to use to connect people to themselves or to the topic that, that you're talking about. Yes, I thank you. I I really... I like the format as well. It was a joy to write and to work on and to put together. And it makes sense. It's sort of like a, an old-fashioned call and answer in church. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful form of presenting a, a, a higher teaching. And then the very human aspects of trying to, <laughs> trying to work on that teaching, <laughs> you know, hopefully bring it forward in your life, but it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Right. It's, it's one thing to see it written and, you know, it's, it's one thing to be told, oh, you know, honey, you need to forgive yourself. It's like, well, okay, but how does that actually work? You know, how do I, what are the nuts and bolts of that? What's the day-to-day uh, actions to take around forgiveness? And so I think that we, we cover uh, so many bases in the book. It's a very practical guide to spirituality, which is what I love. If it's not practical, I don't really have much use for it. (laughs) So true. (laughs) How were you introduced to channeling? Well, I had some great friends. When I was first in recovery, I had a great group of friends who were also in recovery and from their particular isms. And um, they met a friend, and he was a channel. So I had a session with him, and it was it was fairly benign. You know, it wasn't earth-shattering, but something inside of me, Johnny, was like, oh, my gosh, this is so amazing. Like, I, and again, it wasn't that the information that was being imparted was, you know, changed my life forever, and, but something resonated inside of me very powerfully, and so... Then I started uh, attending his group 
channelings and we went to a few other channelings. And then I started reading some channeled books, um, you know, channeled material. And uh, it, it sort of went on from there. And after about um, a year and a half, I'd say, yeah, about that on my spiritual path, um, that's when Mother Mary came to me in a very deep meditation that I was having. And um, she said that that uh, we had an agreement in this life for me to channel her. And I was overwhelmed with the unconditional love that I was feeling from her in that moment. And I had not really felt that from the other channels, not that they weren't good channels or they weren't channeling wonderful energies or entities. This was just mm-hmm. very different. This was of a, a, a level of vibration that I had never felt before. It was extraordinary. And that love, I knew if I said no to her, if I said, no, I'm not interested, I don't want to channel you, I don't want to be a channel, that love would have been exactly the same. It was not mm-hmm. her her love for me, her, her acceptance of me, the way she saw me, and I, could, I knew in that moment that she saw me completely and utterly, that was not dependent on my answer. Mm-hmm. And that's what I needed to know. It, I needed to know that I could say no to her and she'd still love me. But mm-hmm. everything inside of me said yes. I, I didn't really know what she was asking of me, thank goodness, because if I had, <laughs> the answer <laughs> might have been a little different because I had never been exposed to a full-body channel. It's a very mm-hmm. different It's a very different kettle of fish. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but it was a, this glorious feeling. It was a homecoming. And, I, and, the, and the answer, yes, welled up inside of me like everything in my life had been moving to this one moment this you know I, everything i had done had prepared me for for this moment to say yes to mother um mm-hmm. and that was it then we 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 got started very very interesting what was your first channeling like well <laughs> I had heard through some friends uh, that this mm-hmm. other woman was channeling the entity Sarasvati, uh, the Hindu goddess of art and knowledge. And what they were doing together is they were helping people learn how to channel. So basically the workshop was a not only a channeled workshop, but it was about channeling. And Mother Mary intuitively said, yes, I want you to go. You need to be there. And I'm so glad that I did, Johnny, because the way I was taught to channel was very much the more Eastern philosophy. It was about devotion. It was about service. It was about creating, Mm -hmm. you know, dressing for the occasion, creating an altar, fresh fresh flowers. It was about uh, spending time every morning in prayer and meditation with you know the the spirit in which you were going to channel it was it was very much um more of an eastern spin rather than a western you know this was not a party right. trick not something you do for friends after a couple of beers you know this was uh, a very sacred uh endeavor and so mm-hmm. the workshop mm-hmm. was fantastic and she was very gentle with people and taking them on this really sweet little journey in meditation and hooking them up with whatever they were going to channel, if anything. Some people, it was just their higher self. You know, it was more of a how to connect with their higher self. And a few people, some, you know, specific entities came to them to be channeled. But she was serving more as a midwife for, you know, for mm-hmm. birthing people's ability to channel. And I thought, oh, okay, you know, this is really sweet. I can, I can do this. And, then yeah. the second day of the workshop was my turn, and uh, she's the woman who was the the channel. 
She said, mm-hmm. you know, she pulls me up onto the couch and sits me down where she had been sitting and teaching all weekend. And I was like, wait a minute, what are we doing? She starts hooking me up to the microphone. I'm like, wait a minute, what are we doing mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, you know, you're, and I didn't tell anybody in the workshop, her included, that I, that Mother yeah. Mary had come to me. And she said, uh, well, you know, what you're going to channel, Mother Mary, she's too big for her and Saraswati to be in the room together. So, you know, mm-hmm. Saraswati's going to come to my body and get you ready. And then when Mother Mary comes in, she's going to leave. It was this huge, I, Johnny, I can't, the energy was so intense. My first time, mm-hmm. it was as if I were in a tidal wave. It was, it, mm-hmm. it was this, um, extraordinary experience. Everyone in the room was leaping, and it it was it. She filled my body to the point where I couldn't even feel my body. I felt huge. Wow. I felt like I filled the room, and mm-hmm. it was beautiful. It, the whole thing took maybe twenty minutes, and I needed that sort of intense experience because I don't do so well with subtlety. I'm better yeah. with flashing billboards, you know, and pointing <laughs> arrows to say, this is it, you know, don't miss this. Yeah. I think yeah. if it had been some really mild, subtle experience, I probably would have gotten distracted in life and bored with it and gone on to something else. But at mm-hmm. that time being the good little recovering addict that I was, you know, I was very attracted to drama and had no yeah. no affinity with subtlety. So that intensity of energy and that intensity of presentation and all that happened and and the people that were there, mm-hmm. two of them, their psychic centers got blown open and, you know, they told me years later these stories about what happened after the workshop for them and so it was all very important and necessary for mm-hmm. to, to really get me solid on the path of channeling to say this is it you know this is mm-hmm. this really is it for you um, and uh, but then after that it was mm-hmm. very subtle she started very slowly because she if if we had kept at that pace I would have burned out my body so quickly you know it was mm-hmm. just too exhausting. So we, she started very subtly, and I started doing it for friends and just having group evenings for free to practice. Um, and I, I, just like anything, I practiced. You know, I worked mm-hmm. up from there. Mm-hmm. And uh, people were very kind and generous with their time and, uh, and helping me to, to build my channeling muscles, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. It is my understanding that when people go through that experience, channeling and mediumship and so forth, it is really very draining energy-wise for themselves. And they yeah. don't even realize that. And when we're talking about this intensity of like major, major workout here. Yes, very much so. I had a very particular uh, uh, f- uh, eating plan. I had sub- mm. Mother Mary laid it all out. I had to take these uh, baths every day that are called mm-hmm. mother baths. <laughs> they clean your uh, etheric energy. It's a pound of mm-hmm. sea salt, a pound and half a, half a cup of raw, unfiltered apple cider vinegar. And I had to take those mm-hmm. every night for years. Uh, I had to take certain supplements. I had to eat a certain way. I had to sleep enough. And I had to sit with her every morning, every mm-hmm. single morning and work with her and sit and meditate with her. So she put me on a very rigorous routine. And as a result, I did not have that, um, uh, you know, wiped out feeling from the channeling. Mm -hmm. I certainly had Mm -hmm. periods of being wiped out from my emotional work because I had to Mm -hmm. keep making room for her in my body, in my life, in my Mm -hmm. being. And that meant I had to keep doing my emotional work. But she never... Um, exhausted me from the channeling. She made absolutely sure that I took good care of myself and she has always been extremely careful with me not to um, not to cause distress. You know, if there's yeah. any distress, it's generally me causing it to me. 
(laughs) (laughs) So true. We're all creatures of that self-inflicted anxiety, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. (laughs) Do you have to be a Catholic to believe and benefit from Mother Mary? Oh, gosh, no. Gosh, no. She's, you know, uh, the the Catholic Church and the Christian religion, of course, uh, created a dynamic for her in which to grow and to serve humanity. But she mm-hmm. is so far beyond. She transcends religious and ideology and any kind of doctrine. Uh, she is an aspect of Divine Mother, and that's available to everybody. Um it's it's not um, she doesn't belong to anybody. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, unconditional love has no color, no exactly. race connotation, yep. and it doesn't have no ethnicity nope. attached to it. The more people realize that, the easier it is for them to. Relate, to find the common ground rather than always focusing on the differences. Right. And this is what we're lacking now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But in a way, also, I think that there's the other side to that. I, I, you know, through the Internet and being more of a global world now, I mean, we are relating more heavily to each other and we uh, we are seeing more common ground and we are seeing that you know someone suffering on the other side of the world is so similar to my suffering or our suffering and the circumstances might be differing different but the suffering is suffering the pain is pain the joy is joy you know the triumph mm-hmm. is triumph and and the disappointment is disappointment so I, I think in some ways we are certainly more aware of the differences and the horrors and the people who are determined to see the differences mm-hmm. only. But I also see that we are becoming more aware of, of what is uh, common amongst us and what is similar. Um, True. And the Internet's been a great tool for that in a lot of ways. Like us now, today. I mean, the fact mm-hmm. that you and I get to talk this morning, this is so awesome. Yeah. Right, right. That's true. And also, the flip side of that is that now, because of the technology, we tend to be polarized too. The ones that all love Mother Mary will be on one side of the equation. (laughs) 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 The ones that are totally against will be on the other side of the equation. Uh, That doesn't exist prior to technology because what happens is that somehow because of the way information is dispersed, you have the, both the right and the left side getting into a conversation rather than yeah. a discussion of trying to express my point of view and totally, totally disregard your point of view. Because what right. happens is that when we have that one-on-one conversation, in a way, and that comes back, and this is very interesting, we're going to talk about your book a little bit, the simplicity side of the equation, simply because... When I speak in my presentation, we're governed by two separate but equal forces, love and fear. Mm -hmm. It depends on which way we want to go. Then, on the other other hand, at the same time, what do we do? Whether we speak about love or fear, we are trying to garner support. Well, guess what? When we have a one-on-one conversation, it's between you and me. If you are the opposite, that's fine. I'm trying to win you over. You're trying to win me over. But with the advancement of technology, all of a sudden, I found another Johnny out there <laughs> that believes in my thoughts, my philosophy. And all of a sudden, when I come over to you, guess what? Two to one, okay? We have to convert right. you. <laughs> and likewise, it's the yes. other way as well. You see, you found yeah. another Danielle out there. Well, Johnny, honey. <laughs> we have to convert you. <laughs> There's no longer yes, there is. the conversation. There is a lot of a lot of that. That's true. But I, I, I have to say for myself, I'm I'm grateful to for the most part have stepped back from that and I find that I am more content with offering rather than yeah. converting. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So, very, very interesting. So, let's talk about your book a little bit. There's wonderful stuff in the book. 
one of the things that I want to talk about is the concept of what does it really mean to become one with yourself. Hmm. I think it's, you know, there's a lot of different factors that go into that. But the one word I would say is awareness or another hmm. way of uh, another word would be consciousness. So it it's. And I'll give you a, a quick example. When I, before I kind of stepped on my spiritual path, I'm, I was constantly bruising myself. And I always told people, oh, I bruise easily, I bruise easily. Well, the fact is, it's not that I bruise easily. It's that I was not in my own body. And mm-hmm. I was not aware of my own body. I was not conscious of myself inside my physical body. So I was constantly running into things to the point where I didn't notice. I didn't even notice. I would look down at my shins and there'd be three bruises on them and I had no idea where I had got them. And once I you know, started meditating and going inside and becoming aware of myself as an individual, then I stopped running into things. I was more aware of myself in space and I was more mm-hmm. aware of moving through that space in a way that did not you know, get me into contact with all the sharp edges and corners that are out there. So it's, it's a matter of awakening to your own self, your own energy, your presence, and of course that which transcends the physical, uh, your mm-hmm. soul, but... But we're all very, it's all, as right now, as a human being, all that's very entwined. My thoughts, my emotions, my feelings, my body, my energy, you know, these are all one being, all one me. And the more I become aware of that, uh, the, the deeper my relationship with myself becomes. And the deeper that becomes, the best thing that I've ever discovered as a result of that is that I'm okay and that I'm going mm-hmm. to be okay and that life is okay. No matter what happens, it's all right and I'm all right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I know that that sounds very simplistic and kind of ABC, but I never had that. I never had that feeling uh, mm-hmm. from the time when, you know, all that happened in my life, when my father died and all of that, I had it as a very, very, very young child. But mm-hmm. then I lost it for a long, long time. And just to know each day that I'm going to be okay, it's huge. It's, it's huge. Very interesting. You also talk about trust. That's an yes. important issue. What I want to talk about trust is the fact that this is a very interesting perception. Trust is another word for honesty. So yes. Let's talk about that. Well, I love Mother's take on it. Um, and it took me a long, a lot of years to really come to understand what she has been talking about in relation to trust all these years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, I'm so used to or programmed from, you know, growing up in this world to to think of trust as an outward expression, meaning, um, you know, if I can't trust you, Johnny, I don't want to be in a relationship with you, or, you know, I'm always looking to other things. If I can't trust that institution, I don't want to do business with them, or if you, if that institution or if you violate that trust, then it just wrecks me. It just has the power to wreck me. And then all of a sudden, I'm not okay, and life isn't okay. So the, the, the shifting of, of that perception is to take it inward. So what is trust inside of me? It is the ability to, tr- first I have to trust myself. You know, if, if I'm expecting you to keep your word, Am I keeping my word? Am I following through on my actions? Am I trustworthy? Okay, yes, to others, but more importantly, am I trustworthy to myself? How many times have I said, oh, I'm going to start this exercise thing on Monday, or I'm going, I'm going to do it this time. This time I'm going to do it. I, I've spent years making promise after promise after promise after promise to myself that I didn't keep, and that was 
undermining my ability to have a happy life because I was not trustworthy. I was not worthy of keeping my word. And so I, I, was, I suspected everybody else of not being trustworthy uh, because my experience of myself was that I was constantly letting myself down. So in order to rebuild my trust, I had to get honest. I had to look with, with just, ooh, that kind of rigorous honesty that is, can be cringeworthy sometimes <laughs> when you say, you know, stop making promises that you're not ready to keep. And being okay mm-hmm. with saying, you know, I'm not ready for that exercise regimen or whatever I've decided I should do. So I have to stop making these promises and, and better to, get, to go inside and get ready to do whatever I have to do to make room so that I can keep my promise to myself and I can follow through on that exercise regime. Because it's hurtful. You know, if you said to me every day, you know, Danielle, I'm going to take you to, uh, to the movies. We're going to go to the movies. I'm going to take you to the movies. Today. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I can't take you. Oh, tomorrow we're going to go to the movies. And, oh, I'm sorry. I can't take you. You know, day in, day out, day in. It's so painful. It's so painful mm-hmm. to have that, that disappointment every day. And to do that to yourself can be detrimental to your emotional health, your mental health, and your physical health. So trusting self, following through, being honest, and not over-promising yourself. You know, if you, if you really mm-hmm. being honest enough to say, am I really ready to do that exercise regime? And if not, being okay with that. And what do I have to do to get ready? As opposed to just promising, promising, promising and not following through and living with that crushing disappointment. Very interesting. It's so true. Let us now do the channeling. And then we'll continue the conversation afterwards, which I presume we can, correct? Sure, it's up to you. So you can just, uh, when you feel that you and Mother are complete, you can just say that and uh, she'll go and I'll come back. Okay, wonderful. Let's do the channeling. Great, hold on just a minute. Hello, beloved one. Hello, Mother Mary. I have three questions for you. These are questions that it's been in the back of my mind as time goes by in my life. The first question is, what is my purpose in this lifetime? Mm, Wonderful question, beloved. And first of all, let me just say to you, I want to thank you because you are indeed living your purpose. And I'm going to explain that, right? Your purpose um, is for everyone. This is the same for all people. Your purpose is to live your life, right? Now, what that means is and you and Danielle were speaking just a bit earlier about why is it important to have a relationship with yourself. The very short answer is so that you can live your life. Too often, when you are living from the outside, you want to focus on other people's lives. What are they doing? What do they have that I don't have, that I need to strive to get? Is everyone else going to college? So does that mean go to college? Um, if this is the American dream, should I pursue it? When you live your own life, you are deeply in touch with what 
your soul, what your being wants to be a part of in this life, whether it's relationship, whether it is projects or work or uh, travel or it doesn't matter. What is important is that your decisions come from deep within you rather than based solely on your collective, your culture, your religion, your, uh, all the things happening on the outside. So someone's purpose is most strongly lived or expressed when they are open and willing to follow what comes from inside out rather from the outside in. Does that make sense? Yes, it certainly does. And all that you are creating, beloved, with your work, your desire to assist others, there is something inside of you that genuinely rejoices when another person blossoms when they connect the dots inside themselves and feel more free to create, whether it's a relationship or work that is fulfilling and satisfying, something inside of you says, ah, this is the best, when someone blossoms. This is a calling for you, beloved. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. And it's not just from this life, but it is from many lifetimes. And you know inside of you that to serve others is where it's at. That's your joy. Wonderful. My second question is, am I on target with my professional and personal life? on target let's remove that the pressure that comes with that desire right and what I would ask you to replace it with is to ask yourself each day today on this day am I fulfilling my heart's desire. And your heart's desires, just like everyone else's, come from that deep place within. I'm not talking about, oh, I want to have this kind of car and this kind of house. These can be lovely and nice and wonderful and add um, lovely things to life. But they are not it, right? So yes. to focus on what is it for you. So if what lights you up in your personal life, in your professional life, is to feel that you are being of service, that somehow, some way, and not a doormat, let's be very clear on that, that's different, all right? When you are overgiving, that comes from the mind or the need to be loved or to prove yourself. But if the service comes from deep within you, you ask each day, am I fulfilling my heart's desires? And you sit with that and you allow yourself to feel not necessarily an answer in words, but a feeling that yes, Or maybe in this area over here, I could give more attention. This needs more attention. And what I can tell you about yourself, my dear, is that one of the best ways for you to stay on target is for you to relax a little bit more, right? there is a tendency for you to um, become very pressured from within. 
And for you to say, I'm doing the best that I can today, so I'm going to lift that pressure off me right now. There's nowhere I have to be, nothing I have to do in this moment except feel if I am fulfilling my heart's desires today. And let the direction, let the guidance come from deep within rather than the pressure of where I think I should be. Does that make sense? Yes, so much. It does make so much sense. Overall, you are very much uh, going in the direction that is right for you, beloved. There is nowhere in your life that I would say, oh, whoa, wait, stop, rearrange, let's uh, shift (laughs) gears here. You are overall doing beautifully in listening and step by step, moving forward in the direction that feels good and right. But you would move more smoothly and you would move more joyfully if you could remove that pressure that says you should. If you could remove the word should out of your unconsciousness, that would be lovely. So every day when you sit and ask that question of fulfillment, I want you to imagine that you are taking the pressure off your head and you're leaving it in my hands for the day. Can you do that? Yes, I can. Thank you very much. Wonderful. You're welcome. The final question is, and this is something I guess is dear to me as well as to some friends of mine, when am I going to be meeting my soulmate? That is also an excellent question and one that is on almost everyone's heart. Everyone (laughs) wants to know when they are going to meet their soulmate. So my answer to you is that first of all, you must define for yourself what that means. And I don't mean creating a vision of their looks or personality or their belief systems. But I want you to meditate on, to write about what the term soulmate means to you, to discover your needs. For example, I will tell you in your world, in your world, The whole paradigm on relationships, uh, marriage, everything is shifting. All of you are trying to discover what is at the heart of these relationships. And you're peeling away the old structures. First we date or we court and then uh, we might uh, make love or wait or move in together or wait and then we marry. But most of the time, and even people who are consider themselves very spiritual, in the back of their mind there is a progression or when people say in relationships, we move to the next level or I'm not ready to move to the next level. Well, these are levels that have been established in your collective consciousness and have been practiced for generation after generation after generation. There are social norms when it comes to relationships, but these are being smashed There is uh, changing of gender. There is more freedom to love whomever you love, however you want to love them. All these questions are changing. So the best way for you or anyone else to meet their soulmate is to sit down and examine what that means to them. For example... 
do you want to follow the prescribed um, progression of a typical relationship? Or are your needs different? For example, you and many of your listeners are very sensitive people. They are sensitive emotionally, energetically. You are a very intuitive person. You can see beyond uh, just the, the five senses, yes? Yeah. And as such, your needs are different, right? And for example, always this uh, with the soulmate, they want to live happily ever after and they want to live together. Now, you can have your soulmate, someone you love deeply and want to be with, but they are very difficult to live with, to cohabitate with, because of your own sensitivities. So do you force yourself to follow the norm and live together and be unhappy and then eventually possibly run the risk of ending the relationship? Or do you say, look, I'm crazy about you, I love you deeply, but I struggle cohabitating with people. So can we be together but live separately? Can you have the courage to really stand in what you need and risk losing the relationship, knowing that if you don't take the risk and take care of your own needs, most likely you are going to lose the relationship anyway. Does that all make sense? Certainly does. So the best thing for you, beloved, is to, again, find your needs inside. What do you need from a soulmate? What does soulmate need for you, mean to you? And then once you get a good idea, and again, don't set any of it in stone, because relationships and life is very fluid. You are fluid. You mm -hmm. are changing. They are changing. And then you sit and you make room. So the when you meet your soulmate is up to you and your soulmate. And how that comes about is you make room in your life. And exactly how that looks is unique to everyone else. Don't let anyone talk you into a certain structure in how to meet your soulmate. If someone makes a suggestion, oh, go do this or do that or whatever, and immediately you think, ah, that feels like truth to me, then go and do it. But if people mm -hmm. are saying, oh, do this, do that, do this, do that, and nothing's really resonating, then you wait, beloved, because it's not time. I agree. Make room. Make room, make room, make room. And then it happens. doesn't matter where you are, grocery store, dating site, uh, on vacation, uh, getting the newspaper in your front yard. It just happens. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. I am through with you, Mother Mary. Thank you so much. Mm. You Blessings. are so welcome, beloved. I love you, my dear. Danielle, are you back? Yep, I'm here. Wonderful, wonderful. Hi. It was a great session. <laughs> I have yeah, all the three good. questions. I believe I have the answers that I'm looking for. What's interesting is I think intuitively I have that coming for the last several years now and it's getting stronger and stronger from within me and that's why I really enjoy reading your book because it talks Good. about the answers are from inside out rather than from outside in. And so the conversation I had with Mother Mary basically sort of validates that perception and not only the perception, the belief that we need to have that we are the artists of, for lack of a better term, of our painting. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the outside world is very supportive and, uh, you know, provides so much. But ultimately, yeah, we have to find the answers inside ourselves, you know, even if the even if it's val- it's get, it gets validated from the outside or, or the initial inquiry comes from the outside or, you know, but to take it inside and to, you know, go through that process of discovery, that's where the magic's at, really, the deep magic for sure. So true. What would you like for readers to gain from reading Mother Mary's Pathway to Love? You know, I thought about that deeply, and I feel that the two things, the same thing that Mother gave to me, and that's self-love and acceptance. I think those are the two most important ingredients for, you know, for having a, uh, a loving and, and uh, fulfilling life. And where can someone go to buy your book, get more information about you, and keep up with your latest happenings? Well, you can go to my website, which is www.belovedpublications.com. And there are so many ways to, uh, to connect and commune with Mother Mary. If you join my community, there's a fantastic little mini course about how to prepare for and meet your spirit guides. I have a great YouTube channel where there's, uh, I release a new Mother Mary video every two weeks. Um, and you can get my book through Amazon.com, and the print version and the Kindle version. And you can also get the e-reader version on BarnesandNoble.com, iBooks, and Kobo. And uh, yeah, so we'd love, love to have you over in the community. And, and uh, there's lots of free stuff and less expensive stuff. I do retreats. I do workshops throughout the year. Uh, I do webinars. Uh, so there's a really lot of great opportunities to connect with Mother. But the book is a fantastic introduction, really a beautiful, beautiful way to just make that connection with yourself and start to fall in love with yourself. So true. We're coming close to the end of the hour. Since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? I would. So mine has five ingredients. My recipe has five ingredients. It's Mm -hmm. one part honesty, one part willingness, one part love, one part service, and one part humor. And when you mix it all together and throw in a dash of kindness, and uh, a pinch of uh, hilarity, and I think you've got a foundation for living that is uh, extraordinary. Danielle, that recipe sounds yummy. (laughs) 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 Thank you for the wonderful recipe for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Tuesday morning. My guests will be Dr. Robert Wallace and Dr. Frederick Travis. Dr. Wallace is a pioneering researcher on the psychology of consciousness. Dr. Travis is a world-renowned neuroscientist who has discovered brainwave patterns in children that correlate with greater moral reasoning, happiness, emotional stability, and academic performance. Dr. Wallace, Dr. Travis, and I will be discussing their scientific research and successful real-life parenting from their newly released book, Dharma Parenting, Understanding Your Child's Brilliant Brain for greater happiness, health, success, and fulfillment. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed week. Danielle, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again, and have a blessed day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.